So for the past couple of weeks, the Lord's really been tugging at me as I've been sitting out here. And I felt like he was nudging me to go, 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 go. But I was unsure. And uh, last week I came up here and I was praying and pastor came over to me and he said, I feel like, I feel like the Lord is saying you got something to say. <laughs> and uh, that was just a confirmation that I needed to come up and, and give a testimony um, about how the Lord dealt with me with tithes and offering and blessing because it's been so abundant in my life and, and what he's done, I couldn't not tell people about it. Um, but first and foremost, I want to talk about being bold for the Lord. And as I just said, I was unsure. I didn't know. So if you feel like you're out there and, and God is telling you, go, just go. Don't be afraid. Go. He wants you to come up here. Um, so with that being said, several years ago, I was sitting, like we all do, in church, listening and the Lord spoke to me in that moment and he said um, are you sure about that and it caught me off guard and I I didn't know what he meant and he was talking about what he was saying are you sure about that do you know that what he's saying is right and it wasn't that what the pastor was saying was right or wrong he was asking me did I know do, do you know what he's saying is right well, the real question is, no, I didn't know. And the reason why I didn't know is because everything that I had ever known about God was what somebody had told me. Whether it had been, I had an amazing grandfather that ministered to me in my life, and it, he got me through everything. He got me to where that I am. And when I lost him, I really didn't have a place to go. But what the Lord was showing me was, I didn't take the time to open the book and read for myself. So... As I got in and I really started to read the word, scriptures that I had seen or heard a million times meant something different to me because the Holy Spirit had shown it to me in a different way. Um, so <clears throat> as we all do, we get into this groove or a rhythm of when we go through life, sometimes we have ups and sometimes we have downs. And I mean that financially. Well, what do we do when the financial system is up? Well, we're walking around, I, I don't have to worry about anything. Everything is going great, everything is good. I don't have to worry about anything. Nothing's gonna affect me. Well, when it's low, which I would see in my business, oh, hey, it's good right now. But then when it was low, where was I? I was on my knees praying, Lord, what do I do? I don't know how to get out of this. How I have my family to take care of. How do I take care of my family? I don't know how to do it. My grandfather always told me, just make sure you pay your tithes, son. Make sure you, he would always say, make sure you pay your tithes. But when he said it, there was, there was an aura about him. It, but it didn't, I didn't understand it then. He was so happy to do it. And it's not that I wasn't happy through my life paying my tithes, but all of us do it where I would pay my tithes or whatever. I would give offering every once in a while, but I would pay my tithes and I would always look and try to budget, can I pay my tithes? 
So that's when the Lord began to work with me about plant seed and harvest. He started to show me that, yes, that's in everything. We can do that in, in ministering to people as we go out. You know, you're planting, sowing, all that. That's fine. But when it comes to finances, it is a bond and a sacrifice that we make with him. And we do it to bless not only the church, but to bless others. Well, as I grew as he was teaching me about this, he started teaching me about covenant. So if you, if you go back and you talk about uh, with Abram, he was showing me that they had a blood covenant, okay? Well, you have to look at both. You have to look at it from the, uh, the Bible, and then you have to look at how did they live during these times? Well, in these times, they would do blood covenants. So they would cut their hands like that's where the word blood brothers comes from. The point of that that the Lord was making with me was that this bond was tied. If you broke that bond, your families for three, four generations could pay for that. It was, you know, now we sign a, a stack of papers this big to buy a refrigerator, you know? But their bond was greater than it, and it was life or death. So as the Lord was teaching me about that and teaching me about the, the covenant of that, he said, now I want you to apply that to your tithes and offering. But now we need to work on your heart. So as probably all of us do, and my wife can attest to this, um, you know, as for me personally, as my business started to grow, I started to see growth. I, I was paying my tithes and I was doing what I was supposed to, but I would see growth. Well, what happened was I was still a child inside. So as I would see these growths, I was like, well, I got money. I can go buy this. You know, well, then what happened was the Lord started to change me from the inside. He started to change my desires. I started to see that when I gave money and I actually, and follow me here, I seen where it went, I saw what it did. Um, and I can only attest for myself, there is times that I have gone and the Lord has told me, go pay for that woman's groceries. And I did it out of obedience. But what I saw and what I learned out of that, I'll never be able to describe God knew that that person didn't have it. He knew that they were scraping by. And this was just a, a sacrifice at that time. I'm just talking about uh, in an offering sense. God knew that, hey, this individual needs this. What I got out of that, I can't even describe. The happiness, the fulfillment inside to know that this person is now going to be able to go on. So what happened in turn was, I learned that it was a blessing to bless. I began to, every time that the business would do more, oh, I wanted to spread it everywhere. Because what happens is God creates a plateau for you where he says, this line right here, this is your comfortable line. You're never going to fall under that. I'm going to take care of you no matter what. I'm always going to supply for you. As long as you're obedient, I'm going to supply. You don't need more than that. But I got to change you here first. I have to change you on the inside so that you can understand that the things that your heart desired or wanted or whatever, 
You don't need those things. Because what happens is then your desire that your heart wants is to help others. It is to give. And let me tell you, God has blessed me in abundance. He has blessed me every single time that I have been obedient. He has always, always made sure that my family was taken care of. And I have been able to touch the lives of so many people in that. So it's, it's just extremely crucial. And I feel like the Lord really wanted me to um, just bring that to the church and just to tell you, if, if you have ever have doubts about should I give this or, or should I do this or how much should I give, don't. Just do what God tells you to do. It doesn't matter the amount. It doesn't matter. God just wants you to be obedient and let him change your heart. That's all he wants to do. Now, in that, the Lord gave me two scriptures three years ago. He gave me these two scriptures, and I'll tell you, I've lived my life and based my life around these scriptures ever since then. Um, <clears throat> if you want to put Luke up, um, the Lord wanted me to say this, all for all of us to say this together. So the, the first one is, is Luke. Now, this is what the Lord told me to say over my offering, so, and we can all do this together. Give, and it, shall, and it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, that is so significant to our offering. It's so significant. You can do Malachi. Now, Malachi says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you a blessing that there will not be not enough room to receive it. And it goes on to that's I'm sorry, that is uh, 10 through 12. And it, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, the Lord told, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. And the Lord told me to say, I, I believe it, I receive it, and I call it done. Now, in that part, I wanted to point something out in that where, the, where he says, I will rebuke the devourer. He put that on me so much every time. Stop worrying. Give. You give, and I'll stop the devil from taking. You don't get to put your hands on my finances. When, when I do what the Lord tells me to do, and I'm obedient, that stops that line. You can't come in and touch my finances no longer. Now he's going to come and attack. He's always going to attack. He's always going to get in your head and tell you, you, oh, well, you know what? This bill, here's this, here's that. We just dealt with the biggest problem we've ever had to deal with. And somebody gives you a price on something and they come back later with an astronomical amount that's way higher. It, but it doesn't matter. I walked away from the situation. I sat down for five minutes. I let the Lord talk and I walked back out and it was what it was because it doesn't matter what he throws at me. 
God is still going to intervene. And let me, let me add to that. Let me add to that, and then you know, I'll let you go. Um, so here's the thing. In that situation, this just happened. Um, we were given a price twice as what it was supposed to be. At the same time, my truck, squirrels chewed my main harness on my truck, okay? So I'm like, I have no idea how many thousands of dollars that's going to be. Um, and then there was something else. I don't remember what it was. Uh, anyways, just to let you know what God does, I'm dealing with all that. I call Voss, Toyota, and they say, you're the fifth Tundra this week that's happened to. And I'm like, what, what, what do I do here, Lord? And he goes, but your insurance will cover it. So I called my insurance company, and not only did my insurance company cover it, but they said, oh, you've got such a good driving record. We're going to take $100 off your $500 deductible, so you only owe four. So that's the thing. That's what God does. So the Lord was already laughing in the face of the devil. Oh, nope, I got this right here. I got this. So he, he ended up, there was some, something else that we had, and he ended up sending somebody. He ended up sending a crane guy. That's what we needed a crane. He sent a crane guy. The crane guy comes in, and I'll tell you, I'm looking at this guy the whole time, and I'm like, there's something different about this guy. His name was Jerry, Jerry Pack, and he was 68 years old. He's the nicest guy, and I was like, he's super bubbly. There's something about this guy. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and he asked me at the end, he said, well, you know, uh, thank the Lord this happened. I said, that's all I do is thank the Lord. And he said, and the Holy Spirit. And I said, oh, I do thank the Holy Spirit. And he said, he said, you watch Kent Christmas? I said, he's a minister. I said, oh yeah, I do. He sa I said, wasn't he just at Tim Sheets Church? He said, I went. He said, you want to pray with me? I said, I do want to pray with you. He said, you see, I didn't have any work today. I don't know why. I didn't have a job. He said, and you called and the Lord blessed me with money, and he blessed you with the work to be done. All, all of this happened in one day. And it, he just, because he knows. He knows every single thing. So that was really the point that I wanted to get across, is if God is telling you to give, give how he wants you to give. Don't be afraid. Don't ever be afraid. Don't ever let the devil tell you that you don't have enough, there's not enough there. It's false. Do what the Lord says. Just be obedient. Sometimes he's seeking. And, and, and trust me, we're, we all go through the same thing. I have been through whatever you're thinking. I've been through it too. I've been on down before beaten and thought this is it. And then he's done something and given an amount exactly to the penny that it needed to be out of nowhere. So don't let the devil bother you. He can't. So... Come on up, worship team. Uh, you can, throughout the rest of worship, you can give uh, either via our eight, whatever, you know, eight, four, three, two, one. Sorry. I'm stuck on his, I'm stuck on his testimony. Or you can give in the boxes. Um, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing. Listen, I didn't know what he was going to say. I just need you to know that. I mean, I, I did because he told me that, but when, he, when God told me to tell him 
that he was supposed to share something. I was like, okay, Jesus, here you go. <laughs> well, but it was awesome. Well, and let me tell you too, my, I, I actually had called him the other day and I was like, he's like, you got anything? I was like, man, I started to write stuff. I'm not a writer. I don't, I don't write stuff down. I, everything is literally off my head. And, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit comes in and says, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. And, and I was kind of doing like a breakdown for my, I said, look, let me go over this with you for my wife. Cause I've never done this. She's like, uh, okay. So I did it. She was like, yeah, except for this one thing. She's like, you wrote that down. Right. And I said, no, she went. And I was like, I mean, I'm gonna write it down because I don't want to have to look for a new church on Sunday. So I'll go ahead and write everything. Down. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you so much, yep, sir. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Absolutely. God How's everyone doing this morning? I'll tell you. Um, God is good. It's been a, it's been a few weeks since I've been up here before you, huh? My wife was like, I'm excited to hear you preach. She's like, it's been forever since you've preached. I'm like, that's funny. It doesn't seem like that long to me, but at the same time, I do realize it's been a little bit longer uh, than I usually go in between speaking. But you know what? That's one thing that here, um, you know, we want to be obedient to God, right? We want to move as he says move. Um, and sometimes... I believe that if, if it doesn't seem like we're going to move in that direction, then he'll, he'll kind of give us a nudge. <laughs> Even if that means, you know, you know putting, you, putting you down for a little bit, letting you get some extra rest. I'm joking. Um, I don't know if that's what he was doing or not, but um, I was like, well, Lord. Um, uh, and then, and then uh, as well, the people who came up to speak, like, what they had to share was awesome, right? Like, so I knew it was on time word, on time, in every aspect. Um, I am not, I apologize. This microphone, I just, I sound weird. And I don't like it. It's bothering me. Um, <clears throat> but, anyways, uh, that's why I don't usually use it, but I've been having issues with uh, handheld, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this thing again. Um, Anyways, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor this morning. I know some of you hate, you're going to just really hate what I'm about to ask you to do. But just, just work with me here, bear with me, okay? I'm going to ask you to move. I know, I know. I mean, what would have been better? To have the uh, usher, you know, have somebody stand at the door greeting and they're like, oh, God bless you. Could you do me a favor? Could you sit here? You know what I mean? You'd have looked at them like, no, no, I'm not. I have a seat and that's not where it is. Um, so I thought I will go ahead and take the brunt and I will ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to move and sit in uh, kind of, I'm going to classify you. I'm gonna, <laughs> you're about to be classified. <laughs> um, use your best judgment, okay? Because I know some of, some of you here 
grew up in a Pentecostal church, so this, this number could, it could jump, it could move, it could be completely, you know, you might be stuck on where you land in this. Uh, and then some of you, you know, you're like, well, I'm not sure if, if I've done this or not. And so just use your best judgment here, okay? Look, you guys are like, just get on with it already. <laughs> okay. I want you to go ahead and grab your stuff up, and if you have been, I'm going to use the word saved, okay? I'm going to use the word saved, but I mean absolutely, completely following Jesus Christ, okay? Like, you made up a decision in your mind, in your heart, that, that He's the one for you, okay? Um, if you have not made that, then it'll be clear where you you know where you land at as well, and it's okay. Like I got you covered. Nobody's gonna know. All right. They'll know the general, but they won't know exactly if you're embarrassed to say how long you've been saved. You know, I don't know. I'm just I'm just covering my bases here. So, if you have been saved for ten years, okay, ten years or under, ten years or under. That means all the way to zero, because Jeff John Jeffries told me. To, uh, to say that. He said, what if it's, and I was like, 10 to 0, okay? So 10 years and under. I need you to come sit over here. 10 years and under, I need you to come sit over here, please. If you've been saved, living your life for Christ for 10 years or less, please come up and sit over here. If you're in the back, I'm going to need you to move forward. 10 years or less over here. If you are 11 years to 20 years, 11 to 20 years, you've been living your life for Christ, I want you right here in the middle. 11 to 20 years, and then that leaves the last category, right? Above 20, I want you over here. Above 20 years, over here. 11 to 20. 10 and under. Now, you've been categorized, and I know that may have split you from some of your people. So, this is two birds, one stone. I made you move. <laughs> and now you get to see the church from a different perspective, from a different view. Um, if you need help, please, you know, you have a little one and you need help. <laughs> you, can, you can move closer to your family. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to... Uh, but, you know, or, or you know what I'm saying... I know, I see we got us a mom over, a great mom over here. You can help her out if she needs some help. Um, okay, so here we go. This is, this is fun. I love this. And the reason I love this is because right now you're looking at yourself categorized for the years that you've been saved. Some of you have only been alive that long, so therefore you fall in that category. And that's fine. Um, but here's the thing that I want you to do real quick. I want you to look across the aisle, look across the aisle, see some of the people that are there. Um, you know, you can give your thoughts and whatever you want to do, your judgments or whatever you have. Um, you know, let them flow. Hey, I'm just, look, let, can we, come on. Let's just keep it real because we know, we know. So I just was like putting it out there. You're like, oh, I would never. Okay. Okay. Um, 
And as I, as I begin to minister this message, I don't, hopefully I'm going to try to get this out. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. This was a long one. This was a long one, but for your sake, I realized that and I said, you know what, I'm going to chop this up. So this is where we're going to be at for the next few weeks, okay? Um, and, and next week, I might categorize you in a different, in a different fashion, all right? So just be prepared to not sit where you usually sit at. But it won't be here in this either, okay? Um, today my message, uh, if I had to give it a title, um, actually, actually, I don't have a title for this message specifically, but I do have a title for this series overall. Um, and the title I took straight from the Bible, uh, I took straight from the Bible um, um, title for the scripture that I'm going to be using and it is unity in the body. How appropriate. Unity in the body. Yes, this body. But overall, anybody, right? Unity in the body. Um, I have been bombarded lately, over the past week or so, I've been bombarded by the reality that unity is a rarity. It's a rarity and not only is it a rarity, but it's difficult to maintain. It's difficult to maintain when obtained. You get unity and you're like, oh, we're all banded together. This is wonderful. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know what I mean? Like you're getting hit and, you know, it's kind of like, it reminds me of the Rover Rover come over or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Red Rover, that's what it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you're like linked up. You're like, ha ha, Red Rover, Red Rover. And he's like, ah, you know, and you're like, yeah, because you always got that one kid that wants to like take everybody out. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I've envisioned. You know, you get unity in a situation. You're all linked up. Everybody's happy. And then, you know, somebody in the line calls over Red Rover. For what? We're doing fine. Why must you do this? And in some cases, you know, the enemy is just looking for the opportunity. And he blasts us and we hold on and sometimes we get tired and, you know, we want to point fingers, you know. Who's the weakest link in the chain that let us break? You know, all of that good stuff. Um, and there's so much. And, and this has become painfully apparent to me in a couple different areas. I won't go into full details, but I mean... At work, I'm seeing some things happen at my job that I'm just like, man, like, what happened? We were such a strong team. We were so unified. And now, like, these kids are picking us off. Like, you know, you know? Um, no, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm kind of kidding. Uh, it's not necessarily the kids picking us off, right? The Bible says to know, um, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We got to know who we're dealing with. But... Um, when you look at uh, unity and, you know, how, how difficult it is even to maintain once you get it. You know, as I thought about this, the comparison of marriage came to my mind. And uh, those, of you, those of you that know, you know, right? Those of you that don't, well, <laughs> um, take a look at unity if you want to understand you know, if you've not been married yet and, and you're like, you know, take a look at unity, seriously. Look at unity in your, in your school. Look at unity, young people. Um, look at unity in your job. Look at unity in the world, right? And it, it is, it's, it's a picture, you know, of marriage, you know, because it's like you come together and you're like, oh, we're one. Everything's wonderful. 
and then here comes Red Rover. You know what I'm saying? And you're trying to maintain this unified situation. And it's difficult. It is work. For those of you that don't know, marriage is work. Unity and maintaining it is work. Okay? That means somebody has to be doing something. All the time. Always. Thinking about it. Working on it. Operating on it. You see what I'm saying? There's never a moment where you're like, oh, hold on, wait a second. You know, right when you think you've got it, you're like, oh, wake up again. You know, like, don't let go. Stay strong. You know, and, and you, can never, you can never get caught slipping. Never, ever can you get caught slipping. Um, so, I was reading something, and I'm going to be honest, uh, I don't have no idea where I got this from. Um, I have a tendency to read things, and I'll, you know, write it down, take a note, copy and paste it, whatever the case is, and sometimes I forget to write down where I got it from. This is one of those situations, being very honest. I did not say it, you know, I don't want to be caught up for plagiarizing, uh, so we're going to say this quote is from Anonymous. Um, here it is. The unity to which Christ calls us can serve as an example to the world. Now, I'm talking to the church. I am specifically talking to the body Dayton right now. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, then please take this uh, to your home church, or, or if you're a part of us, take this in. The unity to which Christ calls us can serve as an example to the world. It can inspire and give hope to people who know little about Christ. Learning to embrace and celebrate the unique set of cultural mores, personal experiences, and God-given gifts and sensibilities that every believer brings to the work of Christ is one of the most powerful forms of outreach the church has to offer. I know, that's a lot, but man, is it good or what? Amen. I'm going to read that last part one more time. Learning to embrace and celebrate the unique set of cultural mores, personal experiences, God-given gifts, sensibilities that every believer brings to the work of Christ is one of the most powerful forms of outreach the church has to offer. Why? Why? is learning to embrace those things. Why is uh, understanding and, and taking those things, why, why is it such a powerful form of outreach? Let's look at Scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7 says this, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body 
and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. I love, love, love that word all. I love the fact that they use it a thousand times just then. Because what it lets us know is, is that it's not the newbies. It's not the in-betweenies. And it's not the maturies. Why? 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 Perfect. Why? <clears throat> this right here, in, in every bit of its greatness, is if, if we just settle on it for a second, I'm going to go back through it. I'm going to jump, actually. Give me where it says, always be humble and gentle. Right? So go back toward the beginning of that scripture. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Now, I told you I'm not going to be before you long, so I want you to know what I'm about to read off, and you don't got to pull these up yet, but what I'm about to read off are, it, it's, it's the meat of this, right? It is, 100%, it is the meat of what I want to talk to you about. If you're taking notes, this is where you can really get your pencil out and get to scribing, right? Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Listen to this. It says make every effort work. Work, 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 work. Some of you young people already know. You out there like, work, 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 work. <laughs> Stay focused. Stay focused. Okay? It, it takes work. And sometimes we get distracted, we get lax, and we, we lose the awareness of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, urgency, right? We've been together for however many years. That urgency is no longer there. In the beginning, there's an urgency. You're on your toes, right? Because you don't want to look bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, they swing in the left, you duck and you know what I mean? Like, you're doing everything you can to stay on point because you want to look a certain way. You want, to, you want, people, you want people to be, you know, you want to be perceived. But once you've been there for a while... You get laxed. You're like, uh. And I'm talking about in the church. You thought I was talking about marriage. Those of you who are married, that's all you heard just then. You were like, mm-hmm, amen, brother. I'm talking about the church. 
Because in the beginning, you know, when you first do a church plant, man, you were on, you were, you were on it. Right? Make sure we get brother so-and-so. Make sure we take care of sister so-and-so. Make sure we know this. Make sure we know that. We want to, you know, meet them there, meet them there, meet them there. You know, like everything is on it. And then as time goes along, though we may try, we just slowly decrease in that intensity and in that urgency. Either that or, right? Remember Rover? He comes over and you pat, you know, boo, and you realize, oh, we need to lock up harder. It's in that, that crazy moment that the urgency comes back. Ah! The world's going crazy. We got to fix this. We got to tighten it up. Just as you have been called to glorious hope. Wait, sorry. It says, binding yourselves together with peace. Binding yourselves together with peace. I love that. Think of that picture. Binding yourselves. If you were, pay, if you were playing, right, you got the arms linked up, but what if you begin to bind yourself? Woo-wee, Rover's in trouble, right? Could you just imagine, you know, who here, who here is like, you know, anybody here been a sailor or, you know, you're just good with knot tying? Anybody? You know, you some rope? No? Okay. Good to know, good to know. Yeah, <laughs> good. Hey, same thing. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, nobody's tying knots. Like, give me a ratchet. Oh, I like it. You know what I'm saying? So you're just ratcheting yourself together, right? Forget linking up. Your whole arm's coming off if he comes through there too hard. But that's unsettling. Unless it says, bind yourselves with peace. What? Now you've just, those are two conflicting concepts. We're going to bind ourselves together in such a way that we could potentially be ripped apart but through peace. So this, this potentially traumatizing bonding thing could be really bad but we have peace. Okay. Hmm. I guess that would that would constitute as a peace without understanding. Hmm. I guess that means that if we're able to bond ourselves in that fashion, something else is at work. If we have a peace that is without understanding, there's only one that can give that. So that means we're binding ourselves with Jesus. Ooh. If you take a second, think about it. So he wants us to bond ourselves together with peace. Who is peace? The Prince of Peace. Come on, Tom, you better help me preach. For there is one body, one spirit, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. Can I be honest? That was the moment that I, I really it solidified in me that whole marriage thing. Because when you get married, you're one. Come on. God knew what he was doing. Can I just, I mean, he was just putting things together that just come together from all. One, father of all. So that means all of us have the same father. Spiritually, look across the aisle, look across the aisle. 
We all have the same father. Who's your daddy? Some of you, that, you know who that was. I, she's in my, she's in my uh, gathering group. I'm used to that. <laughs> who is over all. He's over each and every one of us. Not near one of you are getting a different message, right, than the other. If you are, there's a problem. Because there's only one message giver, and he's giving the same message to each one of us. I understand the details may be just a little bit different, but the overall message is the same. In all, in all who? In all who will accept him. If you have accepted Christ in this place, then he is there. And the same one that is there in you is the same one that is there in the next person. He's one. In all and living through all. Hmm. However, he has given each one of us a special gift. Now, that word gift that phrase, special gift right there, in the Greek, it says a grace. In the Greek, it means a grace. So he has given each one of us a special grace. What does that mean, Pastor Dwayne? You can call it a gift. You can call it whatever, you know, well, you can't call it whatever you want to. It's a gift or it's grace. Grace for what? As the Bible continues in that area, it begins to list off things. Very specific things, and we'll get into that next week. But it's gifts of, of uh, 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 prophecy or you know, preacher and teacher, right? And it goes on. But the thing is, is, in the Greek it means a grace. Why is that important? Because God has given me a gift, grace, to be who I am. How many pastors we got in here? Just raise your hand for me. Okay. You know what I find unique? I'm going to share this with you because you didn't see it. This is the father moment. My son raised his hand. Amen. Not something that I called him to, but I love the fact that he raised his hand, though. That was cool. Good for you. Listen. God has graced me to do what I do. He's given me a special grace. You have not been graced the way that I have. That does not make you insignificant. What that means is, is that if I can hold a thousand pounds, that's because God has allowed me to do so. It would be silly for you to try to take that thousand pounds if he has not gifted you, graced you to do that. But in the same note, Maybe he's giving you something else. You have crazy endurance. You can run with the message like nobody can. You can move. You're flexible. You can deal with a lot. It would be silly for me to take on what you have if I've not been graced for it. But also... This is where I'm going to get parenting on you. It would be a shame for you to look across this aisle and say to them, 
that what they've been graced with isn't really all that great. And it would be a shame for you to look across this aisle and say, you've been doing this so long, you need to move over because the grace you've been given has worn out. But this is what we do. This is what we do because I've been here so long, I have to know. But what we forget, to, what we forget is, is that we've been gifted, graced with what we have and are capable of. I have no doubt in my mind, none, that if my son was graced to do so, he could come and take my place and run this church better than me at the age he's at right now. Well, Pastor Lane, that doesn't make any sense. He's too young. He's not had enough experience. Hmm. The same, one, in all, living through all. All the experience he will ever need is in him just like it's in me. Just because he hasn't lived it, the spirit in him has. Oh boy. Uh, I know it's good, but some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know where he's, I don't think I agree with where he's going with this. I mean, we're not just talking about an interpretation. We are not. If you believe we are, please, please uh, give me a different interpretation of all. Anybody? No different interpretation of all. Yeah. And if we take anything away from that all, then we take away the power and the ability and the greatness of our God. Who says, I will take the things that are insignificant to specifically use them as significant. So the truth is, is the things that we think he won't do, he will specifically do just to show that if he's doing it, it's that good. What does this have to do with unity? What I'm trying to tell you is, is that we cannot, we have to work at continuously remembering that the people who sit next to us, worship next to us, sing next to us, minister next to us, are no less than or greater than us. Because we are all taking from the same source. Let's continue. Romans 12, Romans 12, chapter 3. Because of the privilege, here's Paul again. Notice, I love, he's, Paul is always so humble. You know, a great man, obviously, wrote book after book, and it made the Bible. Paul, in all his writings, made God's greatest hits. Come on. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I love the way he prefaces that. He opens with that. I give each of you this morning, only because God has given me what he's given me, do I give you this warning. Don't think 
you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Mm. Measure yourself by the faith God has given us. We're not talking about what you've been graced with. We're talking about the faith that you're operating in. Come on, man. Just listen to me. This just got good to me because I just, woo. Wow. There is only one thing that separates this group from this group and this group. There is only one thing that separates this group from this group to this group. There's only one thing that separates this group, that group, and this group. Why am I doing that? Because I want you to know it's all nicely shuffled up, and there's only one thing that separates us all. Our faith. Not our ability. Not our years of experience. Golly. Daggone. Do you know how good that is? Listen, I know I just said it. But I just said it. That's all. It didn't come from here. It came from there. Listen to what I just said. The only thing that separates me from my son is faith. The only thing that separates me from Noah or any of these young people is faith. The only thing that separates you from you, you from you, is your faith. Jesus said to the disciples, when they went out and they tried to do miracles like he did, they came back and said, why is this not working for us? He said, oh, you of... There's only one thing that separates us. And it's our lack of faith. Where does unity start? Where does unity start? This is the list. It's all pulled from the scripture. Being humble and gentle. Being patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's fault. How is that, like, why am I listening to those things? Why are they there? Because those, that's, that's what we have to do. And you know what? The reason, the fact that the only difference between us is our faith why is that so important? Because if we can comprehend that, then and only then can we understand and be able to do these things. You can be humble when you understand that it's only faith that separates me and Tom. That's why Tom can sit there and say, man, I really love your teaching. Man, I can submit to you. Because let me be honest, when I first hit this stage, and, and, and I knew Tom was out there, and I knew the caliber of man that Tom was, I thought to myself, ooh. And, and I'm telling you right now, every single time I come to a, a moment like that, it's the same thing every time. Oh, I don't know what I have to offer him. How do I pastor him? What do I have to give him? God said, let me give him. All I need you to do is believe that I can. Well, there it is. Now, here's the thing. Tom, I believe, has some of the same faith 
I believe Tom knows that he can get up here and he can preach the Word of God and knowing that his ability is not what's getting the Word across. His faith, though, says that I know there's a God. And that's why when Tom hits the stage and the Word comes forth, we all appreciate it. But, why is Tom not up there? I don't know. Maybe Tom has not been graced for this. I don't know that. But, God does. It's not my judgment. No, no harm intended, but I don't really care. Because, see, that's how we get in trouble, right? Like, making a concern of something that should not be a concern. Yes. Well, that, that's, a, that's a trick and a ploy of the enemy, right? When you begin to become concerned with things that you shouldn't be, then is his moment and opportunity to slide into the door and begin to plant seeds that shouldn't even have an effect. That is the Red Rover. And like I said, some of those, some of those Red Rovers are harder and some of them are lighter. I know, I know that you've had those. Watch this. Look, I'm about to blow your mind here. For those of you that played Red Rover, you know, and you know you're a big kid and you got the little kid that you like. And they're like, yeah, you're like, oh, right? You're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't no different because we think, ah, this ain't nothing, right? And then there he is. He's in. He's broken the chain. He's broken the unity in a way that we didn't even realize. He's tearing us apart, bringing division. Over what? Man. We have to uh, make every effort to keep ourselves united in the Spirit, binding ourselves together with peace. Why? Why? Because of our love. Because of our love for one another. What love? What love, Pastor Dwayne? Somebody in here is thinking to themselves, I don't have no love for... I really don't like him. <laughs> Come on now. See, y'all be trying to act all innocent. <laughs> Acting all innocent. What love? The love of Jesus Christ coursing through us. I am no fool. I understand that not everybody in here loves everybody the same way. You know what? Chancey, he's a nice guy, but I just don't love him. I mean, that guy, you know, uh, some people are easier to love, Tom. You and Lana, easy. But Chancey and Holly, have you heard the mouth on Holly? Shots <laughs> fired. Uh, but, but God's grace, God has graced us all to love. That is not a difference. 
Do you know why? Because His Word says so. That's one of His commandments. And He would only give us a commandment for something that He knows is doable. Love God, love people. And you've been, you, you've been graced. You've been gifted. Right? Well, Pastor Wayne, I, I just really struggle. Okay, so let's go back where it says, binding yourselves together through peace. If you struggle with loving those that you seem to think are unlovable, then you are obviously not using the correct bonding. You are not using enough of Jesus. You are not giving him enough leeway in your, in your life. The Holy Spirit, just to be very clear. You know what we've taught, I believe wholeheartedly, because it's in the Word. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is working and living here in and through us. All that we have comes from God. All of it works together in them, together, right? So you'll hear me say these things, but I say them because I want you to understand. I want you to be able to look to and have an understanding of how you're living, how you're doing what you're doing. Guys, I want to share this message with you. And we still have two more weeks unless, unless I need to break another part. If we want to outreach, it starts here. It starts with unity. I want you to know that we are about to embark on one of the greatest outreach attempts any of us have been a part of. You're like, what? I'm telling you now, as your pastor, as your leader, we are about to embark on one of the greatest outreach that any of us have been a part of. And I want it to be clear on how it's going to happen. It's going to happen because we are unified. I want to give you one more picture because the whole time I've talked to you about, I've talked to you about linking up. So you have this picture of us being linked together. And I want to destroy that right now. It was good for the time. It was good to get the point across but I want to absolutely destroy it. Unity is not physical. It is not physical. It is a... I should have looked up a word for this. It is a metaphor. It's a concept. It is real. It is something that is absolutely real. There's no physical attachment. We, the people, right? Where does that come from? 
Declaration of Independence. We the people. Those few words unite us as the United States of America. I don't know half the people. <laughs> I don't know more than half the people in the United States of America. But for some reason, we go toting down the street with American flag in our, in our hands and we feel unified. I could go with symbol after symbol that make us feel unified. What I'm saying to you is that unity is not a physical touch. The peace that surpasses all of our understanding is not a physical thing. So if we're going to be bound together in unity with peace, we don't have to be in front of, next to, or by one another. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go one step further just to really solidify this. Jesus said the kingdom of God is upon us. And he's no longer physically here. But the simple fact of the matter is whatever place that we step foot in and we are allowing him to move and operate and live through us, it becomes the kingdom of God. And we are unified in that. We are unified in the kingdom. So as we move forward as the body Dayton, as the church, we need to understand that. And we need to understand that all that we have been called to, number one, loving people and loving God, we're all on the same page. We all have giftings. We all have been given grace of different portions. But the one thing that we have not been given all the same is faith. That's up to you and me. That's up to you and me to put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's up to you and me to remember that every person in here is doing the same thing. We're all growing in faith. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other, for our faults, because of love. Give me the list up there one last time. The, the, where does unity start? That's it. Making every effort. Over the next couple of weeks, this is what we're going to be talking about. I want to drill this so deep. And next week, next week's not going to be so much fun. I'm going to, I'm going to just be straight up honest. Okay? And it's not my fault. It's the Scripture's fault. It's, it's the way it reads. If you want to go check it out in advance, I, you know what? Do it. Because it'll help you. It'll help me. <laughs> you come in and I'll start saying it. he would be like, oh, there it goes. Here it comes. Oh, there it goes. You know what I mean? And it was like it was in the Word. So, um, will you all stand with me? Thank you. I appreciate you moving for me. I know, you know, you probably were like, what in the world? This is pointless. 
I hope that you understand. I hope that you see the purpose in what I did there. Why had you moved? And I want you to know that the next time I have you guys move like that, it, you know, it might even get a little bit more funky. You know, you might have everybody on this side and one person over here. I, I don't know. I don't know. It just wherever God leads me, I'm be honest. Because the thing I want us all to understand and walk away from after these next two weeks is, man, we we have to know that we're in this. Ugh, I don't even want to say it, but because they just they just overused it. But we're in this together, right? Like we're unified. We are the kingdom of God. We are the church. We are, no matter where we're at, we are the church. We have to encourage one another. We have to be able to depend on one another. I've got to know that you've got my back, and I want you to know that I've got yours. But it it goes the same way across, right? You have to be able to look across these aisles and know that you have got, and we've got each other's backs. It can't just, it can't be singular, Not in that instance. We are one. We are the body of Christ. And we're going to talk more about that next week. Will you bow your heads with me? God, you, you are all-knowing. You are all-powerful. And you started something that has went Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's already went into eternity. It has already went into eternity. Jesus. You've given us everything that we could possibly need. Lord God, we want to tap into it. We want to tap into the thing, we want to tap into the power that is going to help us be stronger together. We want to be your church that will spread like wildfire. We want to be your church that can love anybody with a love that is so strong that it transforms lives. (coughs) It brings healing physical healing. God, we want, we desire to be that. Help us, Holy Spirit. Bind us together. Lord, your word, golly, you just keep giving it to me. Your word says that whatever we bind here on earth, you would bind in heaven. Come on. Jesus, help us to bind together in peace, with peace, so that we can together take the world for your kingdom. No matter where we're at, in our job, at our school, thousands of miles apart, we can do your work as one, as the kingdom of God. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're like, man, I don't even understand all of this talk. I want you to know 
that God loves you and He wants to bring you into His family so that you can move with, operate with, and love other people with your family members. So that you can feel support. So that you can know somebody's got your back. If that's you, all you have to do is tell God, I believe. I believe that you're real. And I want to know you more. I want to pray with you right now. You don't have to step out of your seats. If you want to, by all means, please come up and I will pray with you right here. But if you're here, all you have to do is agree. Agree with me in this prayer and say your own. Lord God, you know this person. You know where they're at in their lives and you know that they have, they have come to believe in you. and They desire more of you. Meet them where they're at. I pray right now God, I pray that they would desire to confess and, and, to, and to shout out from the mountaintops that you are their Savior. And God, I pray that you would allow them to see transformation in their hearts and in their lives as they move closer to you. And I pray, God, that they would testify of what you've done in their lives as they go forward in their journey. Lord God, be with us. Minister to us continually throughout the rest of this week about this message of unity as we walk through this. Be with us. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. We all say amen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for joining us here at the Body Dayton online and everywhere. God bless you.